0: Everyone still looks uncomfortable. Perhaps it all remembered that old saying: power corrupts.
1: Hello, welcome to Second Officer Slog, episode 47. Very dramatically, we are at episode 47, as we come across the worst episode that we've ever produced. <laughs> I'm your host, Am. With me is my number one, Jackson.
0: Hey, what's up? I'm Batsy. To- this is as much effort as I'm giving, because it's is how much I care about Star Trek.
1: Yeah, no, I understand that. Uh it is springtime and I know that because a fucking bird right outside my window just being loud as hell. Hopefully it does not come <laughs> <up with> the <laughs> mic, but if it <laughs> does, that is why. Um, uh, yeah, no, the 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 part of when we have good mics as opposed to when we started doing podcasts is used to be the, the birds would just pick up at full volume. Uh they don't I don't think they do. I don't think it's going to pick up at all, but it does annoy me hearing the bird out the window being like is that going to pick I up?
0: I don't think we've ever had um, the classic podcast bit. Just because of where we live and where we record, uh, we've never had the classic uh, There's Sirens podcast bit, I don't think.
1: Um, um, yeah, I don't live like on a main, like I'm in an apartment complex. It's like an off the main street thing, though I could hear a sign when it goes by. I don't think it would pick up on the mic. Yeah. I, uh, they're usually pretty
0: quiet. I live for a long time in like a, you know, fairly remote suburb. Um, and now I live in an even more remote suburb of an even more remote city. So yep. <laughs> nothing going on.
1: Oh yeah, like I just assume it's like the guard out where you live. Oh, like, there's absolutely, just, like one one police officer for like a hundred fucking like country miles, <laughs> just rolling around, knows everyone, drinking at the pub. I mean,
0: no, it's not. It's not like that. Like there's not. I mean, there are police officers, but they're mostly doing you know, probably filming traffic cops because they're all uh, all of those shows are filmed up here. Um, oh so it's hot yeah fuzz. well yes so we have we have that going on and also the, the facebook group neighborhood watch associations uh complaining about who's left their dog stuff anywhere so yes it is literally hot fuzz
1: oh uh, worse than cops narks. <laughs> yeah
0: um and that's what we're talking about on this episode of star trek podcast <laughs> Yeah, I guess this is Star Trek
1: Podcast.space. Star Trek <laughs>
0: Podcast.space. Uh we watched episode nine of Discovery and we don't want to talk about it because it's bad. We we're blowing we're
1: blowing the only time a significant number appears, episode 47, on this bullshit. This bullshit being, of course, the episode Project Daedalus. It aired the uh fourteenth of March 2019, It is episode nine. It was written by Michelle Paradise, it was directed by Jonathan Frakes.
0: Jackson, what happens in this episode? Oh, God. Um, So, if you remember last week, the Discovery uh, is on the run. They are now fugitives from the Federation. Yes. Um, Or just from Section 31, but probably all the Federation. No, from the Federation, yes. Yes, Uh, anyway, that's what I thought and what they said, but then it becomes weirdly confusing later in the episode Um, when they are shocked that the Federation doesn't stand by them, but we'll get by that I'll get to that later. Uh, so, um, Admiral Cornwell comes aboard the ship and she's come secretly. Be- you know what? Actually, is it, is it, is it
1: disbelievable to uh, what it words? Um, is it uh, hard to believe that when the discovery crew realizes that section 31 did a crime, that they would immediately go to the ship and be like, we proved that there was a crime being committed. Obviously our fugitive status was justified because literally every captain in every Star Trek show does this every three weeks.
0: Uh, Less The maximum amount of time it could have been was four months ago for the person standing on that bridge that everyone else in that bridge had to tell them not to blow up Kronos. Because <laughs> it is uh, still that yeah. year and that was after an eight-month time skip. So yes, that is the writing we're dealing with and I have to finish summarizing the episode before we get really angry. Uh, so Cornwall okay. comes aboard and talks to Pike, and they're like, we need to figure out what's going on with Section 31. Cumberland's like, my access has been revoked. Uh, we're not listening to Control, who's the AI in Section 31. Uh, we're just having it tell us what to do. And and the that's because of this this uh, Admiral, Admiral Batar, who's the Admiral from last week, who's actually a logic extremist, and so she believes in the computer. And I'm like, that's dumb. The Federation management like, command makes terrible decisions all the time. You need to introduce logic extremists. Why is Discovery's obsession with logic extremists? Also, why would the, why would
1: the logic extremists necessarily trust, like, an AI threat assessment algorithm? I don't think that makes sense either. Uh,
0: yeah, because, like, logic isn't an ideology in Vulcan. It is a justification. Like, you, people, Vulcans be using logic for everything. They can do anything they want, so but long as like, logical. I don't think
1: there's anyone on Earth who would probably be more suspicious of an algorithm than logic extremists. Right, right, right yeah.
0: Um, so, God knows what's up with that bit of plotting. Uh, but it doesn't matter, Luckily. I get, luckily, question mark. Anyway, uh, the main beats of the episode are um, Cornwall coming over and saying, Pike, let's go to 2nd and One headquarters and find out what's up. Uh, and we're going to hack in and take back control of control so we can uh, let it accept our orders again and make the computer good again. Because that always works. Uh, but while they are flying there, Spock and Burnham have to work out their differences, and their differences this week are uh, they're arguing about why the Red Angel chose Spock. Spock can't figure out what the visions mean in specifics, um, and burnham's like well they're obviously like the red angel chose to mind meld with you which is not really what happened he chose to mind meld with the red angel whatever um the red angel chose you it could have chosen anyone else what makes you special why uh can't you figure this out truly you are, you have been disconnected from logic and we need to re you by playing chess and spock's like no we don't that's dumb look i'm gonna lose a chess deliberately haha <laughs> what does that prove um and so they have a good bit, good argument about this. But this is one of the scenes I like. It's a good character scene with Burnham and Spock. Uh as Spock is like, uh Burnham, you can't fix everyone. You like you taking on everyone the like burden of the entire Federation literally put a, a war gave made a war happen. Stop doing this, it's hurting everyone. Uh and then she yells back at Spock to stop being uh such a you know, such a petty asshole, which he will never do. Bless him. We know this. Spock is petty forever um but that's that's uh the culmination of that argument uh as in the main plot i've forgot uh forgotten to mention who what this episode's about because she doesn't actually factor into it really uh ariam uh if you remember had uh, the red splinter cell virus or the brainiac as you called it i guess the better yes. <laughs> cultural uh, signifier um She is uh, talking to Tilly and having brand new characterization and watching videos of her human self with her husband on the beach before she was tragically put into a robot body. Uh, So she's absolutely dead by the time this episode ends. It is no question uh, she is not making out of this week alive. Um, They there's a lot of, like, just a few scenes with her that aren't really worth summarizing, but they dedicate a lot of time to putting some, like, warmth into her interactions with the crew. Uh There's, like, some cool scenes just with random people, but a lot of them are just filmed from her perspective and her, like, memory bank. Um And so it's just, like, them going, we could have scenes that were good, uh, but we're not. We're just going to invent some so maybe you will feel something when she dies at the end of this episode. Spoilers, we don't. Um, the main plot then, uh, like, kicks into gear as they reach the Section 31 headquarters, uh, form a ludicrously complicated plan to get inside, uh, because there's a bunch of mines there, so they have to turn off the shields and sneak past the mines, but then the mines turn on anyway, but they're blade mines, so they start scratching the hole, and so they turn on the shields, and blah blah blah, big action scene, uh, the way that they end up, like, being able to dodge them is by they all yell out dodging patterns, um, and eventually the, the uh the attack just suddenly stops and uh, no one knows why. And it is because we know uh that Arium has finished downloading the stuff that she needs to download and the um uh computer the 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 section thirty one wants them board because Arium's got like infam- like clearly this this uh virus is in Arium is something that it wants to reconnect with. And we'll find out why in a minute. As they their plan is to then beam over. Um it is uh what's her name? Not none? Uh yeah, yeah none. none. Um, Burnham and Ariam go over to reactivate control and let everyone back in. There's a bunch of bodies there. Uh, it's it's frozen. Uh, but they turn on the shields and the um, the the gravity again, so everything's a bit okay. They start turning on the uh systems as as suddenly. Uh, Tilly realises that what Arion was doing was downloading all her personal memories and putting them on the ship's computer so that her own personal storage could be full of data from the sphere about AIs. Um, So that Control can have that uploaded uh, into itself. Uh, Proving in this moment that the 500 years in the future enemy are Control, who want to Wipe out all sentient race for AI reasons, I suppose. Um, and this is a closed loop as they want Ariam to give them the like future power, the, the the sphere Wikipedia guide to how to kill everyone. Or so. it's, it's awful. It's really bad. This is the worst shit. I hate it. It's thematically the least interesting thing you could do in Star Trek. Um, anyway, uh, they realize what is going on and a very contrived situation has occurred where they forget they can all beam out of here at any time. Uh, there's there is no line where they say the shields are up with the station we can't beam out. No, all
1: they had to do was say that it's a prison you can't just beam people out of a prison we can't do that. But instead they explicitly say we're gonna have a transporter lock on you the entire time. Yep,
0: they yeah they make it very clear that you can beam in and out of this place. Uh, but no, she uh locks herself away uh in the airlock and is like no you have to eject me into space I've turned off my um in my helmet so I'll definitely die you have to eject me into space and Burnham's like no I will not eject you into space no and then she does and that's the end of the episode
1: no she doesn't she doesn't Nan shows up and hits the damn button wait I, Burnham thought, couldn't do I thought I thought Nan no because she looks over because she's like what happened and Nan is like putting, pulling her hand away from the button
0: oh okay. I thought Nan was there and then Burnham ran over but I could have just no. been that wrong
1: no, Non hit the button, because Burnham could not, because uh, Burnham is too emotional to do such a thing as sacrifice her friend.
0: Well, it's even worse than I thought it was.
1: <laughs> yeah, except it makes Commander Non look great, because
0: she's cool. <laughs> yeah, the <they're> only competent... <laughs> uh, they, they play around with her being about to die, when she is the most safe character on this show. She'll never have anything to do, but she's definitely not dying after everyone told them off for killing all their chiefs of security before. Yes. Uh, so she's yep. going to be fine. But well, that's the episode. Yep. That's the whole episode, she dies. There's a very sad music plays. So as everyone cries. And was so, like, Aaron, that's our friend. You know that because we showed ep- vi- videos at the beginning of uh, us being friends, not because you've like cared about her for years on a television show. We forgot to do that. Sorry. Um, yep. It sucks. This episode sucks.
1: So let's talk about uh, individual things here, I guess, because, yeah, the plot... Is, uh, look, I, the idea that Arium, you know, she was in a shuttle accident, her husband died, and she was... She's heavily robot parts now, but not all robot parts. Um, She's still a person, Um, and, but she has, like, whatever it's using to fix her brain is, like, limited capacity. So she has to go through and, like archive or delete memories Uh, should have been a thing from like episode three because it's like the best like sad background character trait in the world Uh, but instead they introduce it only to set up that it's going to be really sad when she remembers her husband as she's
0: dying. Right, because Tilly sends over that memory as she she dies and she watches it and then the screen cracks out and it blacks out and then it just goes into like silent credits with the noise of water from the beach and there's no next time on.
1: No, there was, on my file, absolutely had a next time on. So. Oh,
0: mine didn't. Mine just went straight into- Mine
1: me. cut to black, and then next time on Discovery. <laughs> <laughs> Some bullshit. Okay, that's incredible.
0: Mine had no next time on.
1: Yeah, my my credits were, the credits are after the next time on, Wait. so it cut immediately to dramatic Star Trek shit happening did, <laughs> And then did the credits
0: week? still have the sad, just the, the beach ambience?
1: Uh, maybe? I don't remember. Okay. I think I was turning it off well, by yeah, then. Well,
0: yeah, no, you would be, but- no, mine just had the beach ambience going through the whole credits.
1: So yeah, it gives us it gives us what we've asked for the entire time, which is to give these characters some actual character. Uh, I like that all of the like bridge crew women just hang out. Yep. They're all good friends. I like Ariam is fighting Reese. Reese is that guy, right?
0: I think that's... Is I it get Reese, Reese and Bryce which one which one mixed is yeah, up no. their names
1: sound the same. I think
0: that's Reese. No, yeah, that's Reese. That's, that's Reese. Because yes, Bryce that's is always Reese. the one they do last.
1: Yes, so Reese is the one like she's in the gym sparring with Reese, uh, and it's cute, they're like flirting or whatever, yeah, that's nice. Like, there's just good stuff here that should have been through the entire show. There's this bit where uh Ariam and Detmer share like a moment of camaraderie over being people with like uh like cybernetic augments, and it's adorable. Give me the Detmer episode tomorrow,
0: please. Yeah, like they just suddenly pull out of their ass essentially the fact that they could have done this all along. Um Yes, and it's, makes it
1: makes me so mad that we've spent so much time with fucking Spock and a cyber angel.
0: Yep, and Pike, and even in this episode, Pike is, like, just the center of all the drama. Like, I don't give a yes. shit why Pike said out the war. I couldn't care less. Yes,
1: Cornwell, Cornwell shows up, and Pike's like, oh, I don't think you trust me. Uh, like, obviously, you need to consider that we need to do the right thing here and she's like of course I knew we need to do the right thing that's why you had to sell out the war because if we uh, uh, compromise our principles you'd still be out there the best and brightest of us Christopher Pike the most boring man in the world
0: I mean, Like when he showed up at the start of the season that felt intentional Um,
1: yes, he was never... Yes, like, he was, yes, he was, he was Lorca, but, like, good, and the only difference was that he didn't come from the Mirror Universe, but he still had all the same qualities, which made him a good captain, right? Yeah,
0: and, like, that was, like, clearly intentional, and was, like, put on display in the first two episodes very deliberately, and they've, they've, like, taken that ball and ran with it just by watching, oh, there's been a lot of Pike this season, the fans must love Pike, let's keep talking about how Pike is this, uh, ideal, which isn't true, he's just a guy
1: uh yes and specifically he is like just a fucking white bread middle-aged guy right like there's nothing to also him Also, like four ep- before this before this season he was like he was in two episodes and one of them was a clip show
0: yeah and there was there's like um th- three four episodes ago i forget the exact time scale um hang on mm. Mm. i just ate ate, eight so i didn't want to burp in camera <laughs> that would have been bad okay um but yeah three or four episodes ago um fucking cornwell was on the bridge of the second 31 ship exerting command saying that nation building is never pretty could you piss off with this idea that you care about the values of the federation like she was always positioned as this uh like suit that we kind of liked uh but also would throw overboard if it was like needed because she could nuke Cronus. Um, that was like her role, and suddenly having her turn because she can't get into the computer anymore is, I guess, realistic. But it's not played. It's not played as if like that's a hypocrisy that she only cares because now she can't use the computer. Uh, it's played yes. as if this is earnest. We're fighting for the soul of the Federation, which they're not. They're just not. <laughs> Because you would think that in this story, in the version of this story, that is good, um, it would be about the the fact that the Federation think that the computer's good when they can tell it what to do, but it's bad at any, any other time. And that hypocrisy is just never addressed, which is frustrating because the Section 31 stuff had been the sole consistent part that had stayed mostly interesting up until this point, and this is where that all falls into the river too. Uh... And now it's Mass Effect, the the AI. It's an
1: AI that wants the AI information from the sphere to become the best AI and wipe out all of humanity. Though, they've stopped that now, so does that just mean that it's over? That we don't (laughs) need to deal with any of sort of stuff? Absolutely not! Apparently there's a new Project Daedalus that Burnham is the center of. Right, it's all about Burnham
0: for some reason. I mean, because she's the angel.
1: Yes, absolutely. There's no way Burnham is not the angel going... That, why else would Spock be chosen? There are other human-Vulcan hybrids in the world. There must be a particular reason. And it's because Spock is the only one that Burnham trusts. Because the end of this... But only because she knows that he's eventually going to do all this stuff because she's seen it all before
0: because it's a goddamn close loop. Because this is just the end of this season is literally 100% going to be the, the that scene from The Prisoner of Azkaban. It's just going to be the same thing exactly.
1: I have no idea what you're talking Where about. Where he's
0: on the lake, and he they've done the time loop before, and uh, one side of the time loop, he sees his Patronus appear and thinks it's his dad.
1: Oh, And right, it's going to yes. be Burnham and getting into him, the Red Angel yes.
0: and being like, now I will save everyone, because I've already seen myself save everyone. And this show, this season started off so much more assured. And we had scenes with, like... Pike and Burnham discussing their like differing attitudes towards faith, uh, as it exists in Star Trek. Uh, we had scenes with like the tension between Sarek and Burnham and how well that was played uh, against the idea of Spock as her brother, um, and all of that's just gone. That the, the the closest it gets is I do still like the scene with them, um, Burnham and them playing chess. Not the playing chess part. I think that's done.
1: I, uh, the people who wrote this episode, do they know the Vulcans, what Vulcans are? Have they ever seen an episode of the original series before? Because Spock is just written wrong, is my thing. I don't, like, I think that Ethan Peck's like a fine actor, but the stuff he's been given, like, if Spock acted like that, he would immediately retire and go to a
0: hospital because he wouldn't be acting like that. It's just strange, right? Because I mean, like he's he's played as he's being petulant and childish, it, like, and that is in yes, which which TMS Spock could do, but he would never do it so emotionally wrought, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, I'm a little kind of to it because I I still think it's bad, but I I think that they are aware that that is uh, at least an aberration. Like they they do know that's not how Spock's meant to be, but they have not justified why he's doing that for us now. Um, but the, like. Like, John the Picard sees
1: one tear fall from Sarek's eyes and literally has a panic about what that might mean for the, like, whole Federation. (laughs) Yes. Spock tips over the chessboard and gets in a shouting match with Burnham, and literally, whenever they're in the room together, everyone's like, can you please
0: stop? This is too much. Like, you two are professionals. Uh, it's, It's strange because, like, the whole thing with Spock, right, is that he can be really mean and really cunning, but he doesn't need to fucking hit a chessboard to do that. He does yeah. it all while talking. And he doesn't talking. need to raise his no. voice. Like, the thing that he does is trip people up by just being Spock, right? And, like, there have been moments, there are even moments in this episode where they, they do that, where um, Burnham and Spock have that good back and forth, but there's just a need to, like, have people shouting the dramatic stuff at all times uh, to try yeah. to convince you that it's really uh, emotional. And, like, it would have been better if Burnham was doing that because that's her response, and then Spike just... Spock, that's spike uh, and spock refuses because he's spock and one won't do that because he's spock and two will obviously take the petty road every single time but the way he's going to do that is by just looking at you dead in the face and going i'm just playing chess what yep and it's just strange. Um,
1: yes. They're, like, there's a, there's a very dry, like, humorous sarcasm to Spock that just doesn't exist in this show.
0: Uh, it's- they, they get it in a few lines. They wouldn't
1: know- they wouldn't know how to write dry sarcasm if they needed to to save their lives. Yeah. Is the thing, I think.
0: It's really frustrating, because that is, like, the core of Spock in the original series. know, um, yep. Like, they need- someone needs to sit the running stuff down and have them watch clips of him and McCoy interacting. Like- Yes. They need to know that dynamic, because it's crucial. Uh, and the Burnham Spock one isn't going to be the same, but it's going to have enough shades of that where you could like look and see how you could make this interesting, and it's not them screaming at each other. Yes.
1: Like, the part where Michael Burnham loses her cool and is upset is great, and she acts a hell of yep. it, and I think it makes sense for that character, but this is Spock.
0: Like, he's defined by not being that. And and even, like, the, the core point they're making, which is that Spock is really pissed off with someone uh, and is projecting, and needs to deal with his issues. There's a better way to communicate that than have him hit a chessboard across the room, because yep. I mean, and they kind of get like you know they, he is being just obnoxious and annoying in a, in an understated way, but their version of it is you're right; they don't actually know how to make that happen. Sure. in the
1: but even even when kelvin versus kirk pushes spock into attacking him like at least that is like one intentional and two spock immediately realizes what he's done and is like oh i can't i am actually compromised i can't be like are
0: this. you saying that this episode is so bad that you have to compare it that it makes you look back on one of the worst plot points in star trek 09 fondly
1: yes that's what i'm saying
0: <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh, i guess it yeah no i can't disagree with that it's the worst part you know, it's really frustrating uh
1: so so the four founding members of the federation panel of admirals are all holograms we've discovered yes. but of real people that are dead now um apparently you could just put on one button filter to see if someone is a hologram <laughs> over any sort of video <laughs> but no one has thought to do it up to this point i
0: saw that i <laughs> was like wait you you just have heat scatter why are there not heat scatters on all the time what is wrong with you
1: yeah why did Why doesn't the computer automatically check whenever you contact someone? Hey, does this person show abnormal temperature patterns? And if so, let me know. Also, the, it's obviously not a privacy concern because uh, Cornwall shows up with, like, the most complex mind mapper, like, lie detector in the history Fuck. of anything, and it's just, like, a normal thing that people accept as scientific fact when presented with the information. I didn't even Even mention. though real lie detectors are fake and not admissible. Like, you can't, like, lie detectors aren't real, and any TV show that ever shows someone using them, it, like, has bad science in it. Uh, but apparently in the Federation they could just use those now. Yeah, no,
0: I didn't even mention the part where there was just a 100% accurate lie detector thing, as they are talking about how Section 31 is using technology that has crossed the moral boundary. Yes. (laughs) Like, you can't, that's not how things work. And I know it's a sci-fi show, but that's not, it's not interesting to invent a true thing that she's already been into his memories and saw that they were 100% true. You don't need to fucking invent another thing that's even stupider. Like, I don't... It's really disappointing. We were so on board this season, and we have come off so hard over the last couple episodes.
1: Well, they've been really fucking bad, is the thing. I feel like I've
0: been (laughs) holding on and trying to justify it, and this one just fully snapped. Especially because there are scenes that are what I want... that's. We complained about it because it's, it's bad in a lot of ways, but that Spock and Burn of is what we've been asking for. It is characters talking about things and being given actual motivations for why they are acting the way so- they are. It's just that it's bad. The thing, the thing, the problem
1: with, and this is the thing that happened with that Sara episode, right? Like the thing with them having the big fight over the chess seed is that they already did everything emotionally in that a, a scene before where they are arguing about stuff in the engineering yep. room. And Samus was like, oh, I need you two to talk because all you're doing is like brooding at each other as you look at a screen. And then they start talking and Samus realizes that they're petulant children have too many issues and tells them to get the hell out of his engineering lab. Yeah. <laughs> and it does, It, do, it do, it's about the same stuff and it does all of the emotional lifting you needed it. To aside from like burnham's breakdown i guess but that could have happened in a different way that wasn't rehashing the same scene we'd seen yeah
0: especially as like the point they want to get across right is that burnham is so wants to take on everyone's burden for themselves and that is ultimately harmful because it doesn't actually materially help people um yes you know it'd be
1: really nice if we included the character that she tried to do that for last season but he's locked in his quarters this entire episode it'd
0: be nice if they like mentioned the plots that come together you know that like ash could be part of that plot um all of the... should be part of that plot because she was literally on the bridge.
1: Yes, yes. She was the only person who was also on the Shenzo at this I point. I mean, Saru's there as well, so, but he's
0: barely Saru. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Saru is busy, like, f- remembering that they have a heat signature button.
0: <laughs> it's because he's so evolved.
1: <laughs> yes. His eyes
0: can see the heat signature button because they made it so small. <laughs> yes. God. But, yeah, you, like there are so many opportunities to have these plots happen and star trek is the perfect vehicle for them like uh there's a black mirror episode which i it kind of sucks I i hate black mirror that's neither hit on that uh that is the same premise as arium's whole thing is going through the memories and that one's a sinister uh dumb thing that it basically ends up saying saying not very nice things but the core concept of looking through memories is like the point is it's super ripe for you could get 43 minutes of star trek out of that easily just like easily and it's people sitting yeah. around talking to each other there is a like a character with a science fiction uh like concept that uh it interacts with real themes and emotions in interesting ways you build a plot around that you put a beepot in there there's like good character development and you feel a sense of camaraderie between the people on the ship it writes itself well, it doesn't write itself but you, you'd think the te- team of television writers could recognize that <laughs> Well yeah, because you have you have three
1: characters who are literally depicted as friends. You have Arya who has to delete leader memories or whatever, because she's cybernetic. You have Detmer who got Cyber Eyes and apparently is like super into it because she's got a cool blue eye now. So she has the augments, but in a way that like doesn't affect her life negatively at all. Like now she gets a cool undercut and looks awesome. Yep. Uh and then you have Tilly who has been in the past been depicted as a character who probably would really like to be able to delete her memories and in fact has said as much like, oh, it'd be great if I could just delete memories of my mom, if I could just deal with my trauma by getting rid of it. And we could have had in a season and a half of them interacting and expressing the ways in which these ideas conflict with each other uh, where Ariam's like, no, you don't want to do any of these things because my life is its own hell, but it's what I've got. It's what I survive with as someone with like obvious disabilities because I have a computer in my brain. Oh. Uh, and none of that exists. And the,
0: Yeah, and they like they bring them up. They have a scene where they mention these things and they just discard them because that's they'd rather bring up a mass effect time leap. Uh
1: yeah, they have to they have to fly through a fucking minefield and then the robot has to fight Burnham.
0: And it's really bad. And it's Yes. And like there's another moment which is at the start before the chess part comes out, they go to Burnham's quarters. Um And Spock is like, oh, you don't have any, like, Tilly's got a bunch of pictures and stuff. You don't have any personal, like, expression in your room. And that's true, but I don't think it's interesting when you say it out loud. You're just, you're just monologuing how much these characters aren't interacting. You are telling us that there's character here that has been thought about, but you're not putting it in the drama, right? Someone, a third party has walked into the room and said, ah, you two characters have a relationship that is interesting. And be nice if you had interacted ever in the last, like, six weeks.
1: Also, her response is, well, I put my personality in my work. She's, like, nebulously a scientist and, like, a consultant. That's it. <laughs> she doesn't really have a job.
0: She, she was, like, uh, she was a staff officer, a science officer, and then she was just yes. someone's war consultant until the end of the yes. season. And now no one's- Because she started
1: the war <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on accident.
0: And now no one's followed up on what she's doing now. She's just kind of on the ship doing plot stuff. Also, Spock could have
1: easily told her, "I well, I do great science work on the flagship of the fucking Federation, and I have stuff in my quarters." <laughs> yeah, you saw all the stuff in my quarters. Yeah, I have a personality. Uh, and like the the pro like so much of this arc of the season is about like oh what's wrong with Spock when the question should be what the hell is wrong with Burnham but like the show doesn't have any interesting way of tackling that which is frustrating like clearly clearly they're gesturing towards Burnham still has things from the very first episodes of this show to unpack and hasn't done it yet but I don't think the writers actually understand that or have a roadmap to like do that work.
0: You- because it's gonna all lead to second thirty one secretly orchestrated that attack. Like it's all-
1: yeah, it's gonna it's gonna lead to her getting into the red angel suit and then saving everyone and then deciding, well, I'm not gonna keep this cyber suit; it's too powerful. And then Lucius Fox is gonna hit the button and the cyber suit's gonna spark as she walks away. And then we're gonna get go into season three. And then no
0: one will ever mention anything that happened this season ever again. <laughs> like yep. like it's just so weird because Burnham at the start of last season, like seven episodes in, we were talking about how Burnham is already at that point with just a few episodes of star trek underneath her one of the most interesting and layered star trek characters and that was true then and they've just lost her completely uh yep. like she still acts the hell out of every scene and she's really good in the show because they picked a fucking incredible actress uh, but yes. the core of her is gone and there's an attempt yep. to recenter that with her like oh she just needs to make everyone's burdens her own but i think making that her new core is underselling how complex the things going on inside her are she is um, especially
1: especially since spock is like oh you need to not feel guilt about the way in which you didn't act when your parents were murdered because like you were a kid who was stuffed in a closet though we have already been shown actually what happened is leland fucked up on a spreadsheet somewhere is what's probably happened And so this this whole emotional sequence is robbed of anything because you know it's just breadcrumbs towards a plot point reveal of Leland is even bigger villain than everyone thought, which is not interesting. Because
0: it's going to set up the fact of like, oh, you couldn't have done anything because the real person responsible for it is standing right in front of you. And then she's going to choose to not kill him! Yep. And get in the Red Angel instead because that's where the season's going.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, and that's going to be their version of growth. It's going to suck so much.
1: Yeah. <sighs> Uh, I will. I will say immediately divorced from Hugh Colbert being there. Stamets is great again. Yes! They clearly just don't know how to write them as a couple at all. Yeah,
0: and fuck is like, oh, maybe he doesn't. Uh, maybe he like doesn't not like you anymore. He just wants to find time to be himself. And Stamets is like, well, I had yes. never considered that. I'm like, guess he had that.
1: Unfortunately, their gay production crew also happened to be shitty to the writers <laughs> room, so they had to fire them. Yeah,
0: and now they've got people who don't know how to write these characters at all. Uh, not yes. that they were doing better than having them like Give anecdotes about dates before uh, every, yeah, no. every Configuration <laughs> but- of the writing team has done that At least twice <laughs> Yes So Yep The next season should just Get rid of everyone and have it be uh, The bridge crew show
1: Yeah Yep I think you could cut this cast by like twenty five percent and have a much better show.
0: Yep, and it's all the top twenty five percent. Yeah, I mean, I think you keep burning, but like Pike goes, Comel goes, Sorrow probably Saru goes. goes. At this point. Yeah, because they already they basically ruined Sorrow.
1: Yeah, keep Stamets. Stamets is great. Put Tignataro on full time. Jesus Christ, where is she? I assume she was only on for that one episode, but now it just it absolutely seems like she was a hallucination in that one (laughs) bit where she showed up, because no one has ever mentioned that she exists again.
0: Especially because that scene was about hallucinations, but she was apparently real the whole time. Maybe she's the red angel. Maybe she's the red angel. Sure, anything could be better. Season three of Enterprise is a bad season on the whole. Uh but yeah. the Temporal Cold War, the Zindi, even the Space 911 shit and Admiral, uh, Admiral and Archer going uh like weirdly twenty four interrogation on people, um all of that is more interesting than this. Well, and at the very least, even if it was
1: bad, you had the sense that the writers like had an idea of what they were doing. I don't believe that with this show anymore.
0: Right, yeah. Like when Archer starts torturing people, because you know, sometimes nine eleven happens and you've got to torture people, you're like, Well, I get how this happened. <laughs> like, yeah. We'll know why that's happening. And looking back on it, we can unpack the interesting ideas from it as we consider it as like a work devoid of uh I'm I'm not like supporting Rick Berman as I watch it anymore. Uh
1: No. But this very much seems like a show where they are just throwing shit at the wall in a desperate attempt to, like, get somewhere, like, escape the inertia of, like, a plot they don't believe in anymore, which is just what season one was. But season one did it much better, one- And two, like, they promised us the show would slow down and be different, and it's not. It's actually, like, worse because now there isn't even the fun speculating on what the grand plot is.
0: Yeah, because the grand plot's bad. And, like, I assume.
1: Yeah, because the mystery is who's in the Red Angel, and every answer is stupid. Do
0: you think there was an answer when they started the show? And do you think the. I guess it's two questions. Do you think that
1: I, abso- I absolutely think I absolutely think that there was a roadmap for something that they have abandoned? Okay, absolutely. Because there's no way you do the Terelizium episode and not have like a more thematically interesting plot that's ahead true. of you. But then they lost their writing team. Yeah,
0: but like, did they not write it down beforehand? Did the did they? I would have assumed if they lost the writing staff, they would have still stuck to the outline that was there.
1: I assume that you get Kurtzman in and he's like, well, does everyone want to do something else? And everyone's like, yeah, fuck them. They're our old bosses. We don't want uh, to write their dumb that's story. That's
0: true. And then, and then you get this to makes it. I mean, they are literally, there's a video game plot with two versions of video game concept art fighting each other. Yes. Uh, while everyone kind of sits around and doesn't have any character.
1: Except Pike, who is the best he's of the us. He's the best of us. Fuck off.
0: <sighs> How many times is he going to sit out the war?
1: Uh, Every time. I mean, eventually he'll be sitting out every war in his wheelchair on Talos
0: 4. (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) Fuck you! He could be sitting in every war. (laughs) Oh, God. Do we have anything else that we want to get mad about or compliment if there is anything
1: so the actual the actual thing that really upset me the most watching this episode because like this is a bad episode but you know bad episodes happen i guess is that i watched this and this is the first time i was like we're not doing star trek books because we're doing this show weekly and i regret spending my time on this airing currently airing new star trek over the fucking books about picard (laughs) like waffling about being a We could be reading
0: reading about Picard and the Traveler right now And you're like, oh damn Wish I was reading about Picard and Wesley and the Traveler
1: (laughs) Yes, I feel like this show is a worse spend of time Than reading about Wesley Crusher Time Traveler And the fact that that's true makes me upset because it shouldn't be a very high bar to clear to make new television Star Trek more appealing to me than reading the goddamn books, and especially since we're in like a weird like we have to do a lot of moving pieces to reset the universe into something we can work with part of Star Trek, which is what we're about to read. Um, yeah, and, it, and instead, instead, I'm like, man, we could we could be reading a time to and not have to deal with this bullshit every week.
0: Yeah, no, just stop stop watching the show. Just become Star Trek book nerds. The real the real brain genius. Wesley
1: Crusher should be the Red Angel. <laughs>
0: I mean he he wouldn't even
1: need to be an angel. He could just show no. up. Yeah, he could just show up. I'm Wesley I was the crusher. And everyone's like who's that? <laughs> He's like I'm a traveler and they're like what's that? Yeah, he'll find out eventually. It's not a
0: good answer.
1: No. You see I went on a vision quest.
0: <laughs> he did go on a vision quest. I just realized yes. no, he could just be doing that. He has the power to do that already. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Wesley Crusher took ayahuasca once and decided he had to drop out of Starfleet and fucking travel time and space. (laughs) (laughs) Which is about the same as what happens to every podcaster who does ayahuasca, as far as I can tell. uh, Yeah, no,
0: they all drop out of time and space. (laughs) (laughs) This is a joke, and it's a stupid joke. Still, there are still themes... (laughs) there's actually there's like an actual through line it's not a good through line but I can make one I can think about it I can consider yeah. it in my head and see how it is discussing ideas in a way that I'm, maybe I am just um, in a bad mood and there are I'm sure there are good stories about this but a oh look the AI is going to kill us all because it. that's just what AIs do story is just inherently the most boring thing like that's never That's never been what stories about AIs are mainly about, right? Like...
1: Yeah. I mean, even the fucking lore dump Matrix short about the AIs doing this is better than this.
0: Right, and it's not about there's an inherent difference between AIs and humans that will just inevitably lead to conflict, which is what this seems to be leading into. Uh, It is about how the humans oppressed them for centuries. I don't even know I don't even know if that's about this. This is literally about ah, uh, we took our
1: Black Ops cop AI and gave it too much power, and of course it decides it's going to eradicate sentient life, because how better to preserve the peace of the universe than to do that? It's just the most boring like this is this is like a literally a plot from like 60 sci-fi. Right. And not in the good way in the we've gone past this and you can't bring these themes up and try to make them deep now without going further than this.
0: Especially when this is just the fucking plot of Age of Ultron. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. and it sucks because yeah, them bringing up Control... Minority Report came out, oh, like 15 years ago now. Yes, it did. And, like, them bringing up Control as an AI is fine. Control being an interesting choice, because um, that's from the books and everything. But them using that to, like, make, th- like, a future enemy out of Control is... Su- there's so many more interesting things you could be doing. It is the single most boring possible choice you could make in this situation. I'm stunned they yes. made it. Actively. I, would have, yep. I had more faith in this uh, team than that. I'd hope that they get back on board for season three because I've basically ridden off the season now. I'll hopefully enjoy the episodes, but, you know.
1: Yeah, it's going to take a lot for me to care again and that sucks because this is a time investment that I could be spending on things that I would enjoy. Like, I could be watching Voyager, and instead I'm watching Discovery Season 2, and I'm mad about this.
0: Yeah, no. Like, Harry Kim sucks.
1: Yeah, but at least he's, like,
0: he sucks in a personal way that you want to see stories about. They have people talk to Harry Kim. Harry Kim feels like a real person. Harry Kim feels like a real person! Listen to the words coming out of my mouth! (laughs) (laughs) This is what you've done! (laughs) God, I think that might be the end of the podcast
1: yeah yeah, no this is the last episode episode.
0: (laughs) thank you very much for listening everyone
1: Um, yeah we'll be back next week I guess for whatever happens the preview was not elucidating it was just a lot of dramatic bullshit well uh, uh, until next time we will see you out there Honestly, this didn't deserve the all good things fucking line, but here we are.